Hi, you're listening to the Food Adventures Podcast Season 3, and I'm your host, Beth Fuller. This is a podcast dedicated to all things food, from culinary sleuthing to recipe ideas and interviews with people who are passionate about food and delicious adventures. So join me here on Fridays to explore the world through the lens of food, and together we can share some laughs, conversation, and I welcome you at my table always. So if you're ready, let's jump into our next food adventure together right now. to the Food Adventures Podcast, Season 3! What? And I'm your host, Beth Fuller. I can't believe it's Season 3. If you're, new, if you're new to the podcast, welcome. Welcome. You have a lot of catching up to do. No, no pressure. No pressure. You've been here through all the seasons. Well, I love you and thank you for listening to me every week chattering away. And you know what I'm going to say. Don't take notes. I've taken all of your notes, so head on over to my website for everything, elizabethrfuller.com. And while you're there, take in that amazing food, product, and lifestyle photography. It's what I do for a living. So if you need photos, I'm your gal. Hit me up. If you've got questions for the podcast, if you want to be on the podcast, if you need culinary sleuthing of any 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 kind i'm your gal send me an email let's go on a food adventure at gmail.com and of course tag me in all of your food adventures on instagram at let's go on a food adventure all right you guys let's do this let's go on a food adventure why hello there out in podcast land yes i'm back i'm back i'm back from the dead i <laughs> i know what you're thinking Where did you go? There was no warning. All of a sudden it all stopped. Did you stop doing this? I did, I did, I did stop doing this for a second in terms of podcasting. I was exhausted. I was so burnt out, full disclosure, so burnt out from trying to do it all. And I just had to take a breath and step back. And I really wanted to enjoy summer. I really wanted to just not have to feel guilty about not being able to meet my own personal goals and deadlines with the podcast and other things. And so I just needed to unplug literally and figuratively and take some time to enjoy life and to find out that I really miss doing this. I miss talking to you guys. I miss being in your ears. Um, And thank you for for supporting and for downloading and for listening and for it all because without you, I got, I mean, I'm just talking to to myself, but I'm not because you're here with me and I greatly appreciate it. And if this inspires you in any way to cook something, to try something new, to get out in the world and have your own little food adventures, then, and you're spreading a little love in your corner of the world, then I've done my job. But I, I just, I, again, I'm here. I'm fine. There's nothing wrong. I just needed, I just needed a minute. I just needed a minute. So full disclosure, I don't know how frequent the episodes will be, but I know I still love it and I still love doing it. And if you're here to listen, I'm here to talk and I appreciate 
you guys being here again and thank you and if anyone out there in the world wants to be a part of the podcast um shoot me an email let's go on a food adventure at gmail.com and let me know if you want to join the podcast team and we can figure this out together that would be great and if not i'm here doing it and i love it and it's great so um or if you have photography projects you know i love a good photography project that's what i do for a living that's how i make my money um and if you want to get in contact with me there head over to my website elizabethrfuller.com and you can see all of my incredible photography that's what I've been really busy doing and it's been fucking awesome. So I'm thrilled with the way my life is going. Truly, 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 truly. And the fact that I get to make art and connect with people and do what I love for a living is a fucking gift I do not take for granted any single day of the week or moment of my life. So thank you all, truly, from the bottom of my heart. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Okay, so I figured wanted to come on because I missed you. I missed you. And I wanted to talk about something that's been on my mind recently. And that is end of summer produce. Because here in New England, it is hot as balls outside still. I mean, like this week, we are in a heat wave for sure. So above normal temps, like in the 90s, wicked, wicked humid fucking gross outside I'm hiding in air conditioning but the summer produce is just gangbusters right now end of summer produce like some of and we had a ton of rain this summer so a lot of things didn't come up or came up and weren't fantastic but right now the corn tomatoes eggplant oh my god is it good is it good it is so I cannot get enough of these items. I am not diving into pumpkin spiced anything yet. I am not, I am living present and in the moment and enjoying this produce and it's so effing good. So I thought let's talk about a few summer recipes to use up all of this amazing produce that we still have and are hanging on to because I'm telling you, Come fucking January when it's cold out and all we want is some summer in our lives, you're going to be like, I wish I ate that extra tomato. I wish I had that extra ear of corn because we got to hang on to what we got (laughs) while we got it because we got a lot. Isn't that how the song goes? All right, let's get into it. First up, first up is my favorite. My, I don't want to say my favorite, but let's let's just say out of the three, I consume this, I would say the most, and that would be tomatoes. Ooh, tomatoes, tomatoes. Let's talk about tomatoes. My love for tomatoes runs so deep. It is in my veins. It is who I am. I love tomatoes. I eat them, I would say, not in every meal, but close I would guess almost every day I consume a tomato and not just like a condiment of a tomato, but like I cook with them constantly. And I started really thinking about the ways I use them and like between tin tomatoes, my favorite, and thank you to my cousins in Italy who showed me these. Um, And you can get them in the US pretty easily. And you can definitely get them probably through Amazon or other places, but check your local grocery stores because a lot of places have them. And it's muti, M-U-T-T-I. 
They have great flavor. Um, they're very consistent. They're not too expensive. I no longer buy San Marzano tomatoes. I, I don't know if it's true or not, but from the research I've done and what I have understood that San Marzano tomatoes are really specific to one small area in Italy, in Southern Italy, um, right outside of Naples. And you really can only get them there. They probably grow in other places, but like the authentic ones that have the best flavor and the best taste that are considered true authentic San Marzano tomatoes are really located in that specific area. And anything else really isn't a San Marzano tomato. So um, you're buying the name and the label, kind of like when olive oil had its, I mean, still olive oil is huge, but I mean, we won't get into olive oil in this episode, but there is, uh, if you've never really done a deep dive into olive oil in the world of olive oil, there is a huge, huge racket, or there was, I don't know if there still is, about olive oil, what was considered real olive oil versus not real olive oil, and then you get into the blends, um, <clears throat> expiration dates, country of origin, um, why it's in a green bottle versus a clear bottle. I mean, there's a, we can do a whole deep dive episode on olive oils, which I would be happy to do, and I can put it on the list. So right now, though, we're talking about tomatoes. And I'm going to tell you that right now, right now is the best time to consume tomatoes. They are ending. It is a sad day because eventually they're going to go away. And the flavor when you get a tomato from the grocery store out of season is so different than right now. Right now is the perfect epic tomato time. So if you're a tomato lover like me, you should be doubling down on your tomato consumption. And uh, please, whatever you do, don't store them in the refrigerator. Please keep them on your countertop. If you want a tomato to last a little longer, do not do not, and I saw this on the internet, do not put tape on top of your tomato. Please don't. Please don't. I don't know what TikToker thought this was a good idea and then it fucking, fucking TikTok. Don't get me wrong. I like a TikTok dive and like I do binge it occasionally, but please, please stop putting tape on top of your tomatoes. All you have to do is turn them upside down on your countertop. You want the top of the tomato to be upside down on your countertop and they will last a little bit longer. And please don't put them in your refrigerator. This is my PSA for my tomatoes. Um, okay, stepping off my soapbox and let's talk about how to use them in a few ways that are utterly delicious and I'm going to salivate the entire time talking about this. And if you hear Oliver snoring in the background, well, we know he's a happy boy. So. The first time, the first time, the first thing I am like, I cannot get enough of is, and it's, she's a simple, she's a simple bite of food. My mom showed me the joys of a tomato sandwich, uh, young, but then we revisited that love. I remember it very clearly being on top of a mountain in Stowe, Vermont, and we had just, I'm not going to say hiked, I'm going to say drove up the mountain and then parked and got out and like, again, I'm not gonna, I don't wanna use the word hiked. It was more of, I'm gonna air quotes, like a nice little walk around the top of the mountain. It, we really didn't burn many calories doing this. And I just clearly remember sitting on the top of the mountain with her and enjoying this beautiful tomato sandwich that uh, she had made. It's, to this day, brings me a lot of joy to think about. So I have, 
then taken it to the next level because that's who I am. And here's my perfect tomato sandwich. And RIP, not my mom. She's still with us. Uh, we love her. Yay, Michelle. But um, RIP, she can no longer have tomatoes. So um, sorry, mom. This one isn't for you. But okay. Okay. My perfect tomato sandwich. Any kind of good bread. Any good sandwich bread you love, start with that. Now, I personally, like right now, we have a bakery local in the Boston metro area called Iggy's. Uh, you can get it at obviously their bakery, but then they also um, wholesale out to different grocery stores around here and local markets and stuff. So they're seven grain or whole grain bread. I like right now I'm into grains. I like some flavor with my bread. Do I love a nice country white? Absolutely. But I also like a, a grainy, chewy, give me some some flavor bread too. They both hold a very special place in my heart. So to toast or not to toast, I personally like a light toast on my on this sandwich because I feel like the tomatoes, especially right now in the peak of juiciness, they do tend to sog out the bread. Nothing wrong with that. It's a moment, but I'm just I, I like a light toast. Now, some people, after you toast the bread, you can take a piece of garlic, cut it in half, and take your little nubbin of garlic and rub it on one side of the bread, the inside of each slice of the bread, of the, the sandwich. Personally, that's not for me. If that's your journey, by all means, and you're in your garlic era, go for it. I'm not. And I think I just don't need the flavor in this sandwich. Now, the one thing I do use and highly recommend is you need mayonnaise. Mayonnaise. Why did I say it like that? Mayonnaise. Mayonnaise. I don't know what the hell that was. Okay, so you need mayo. Now, I do like a classic like Hellman's mayonnaise in the South. If you can get Dukes, fucking go for it. But recently, I have fallen deeply in love with a Japanese mayonnaise. And I am I deeply apologize for pronouncing this wrong. Uh, Queepy? 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 I really don't know. Uh, K-E-W-P-I-E. Mm, it's so good. It's so good for two reasons. Extra egg yolks and MSG. <sighs> Can't go wrong. Um, MSG got a bad rap in the 80s and early 90s, and there is nothing wrong with it. So, in my books at least. So, um, it just has such good flavor and depth of flavor. You can buy this mayonnaise pretty much everywhere now. I'm sure you, I think you can get it at Target. I know you can get it on Amazon. I know you can get it at most major grocery stores. So just look for it. It's in a little bottle. It's very cute. It's very delicious and highly, highly, highly recommend it. So I like to put it on both sides of the interior of the uh, lightly toasted bread. I then put down some incredible incredibly sharp cheddar. Personally, around here, Cabot is gold, so I am um, extra, extra, extra sharp Cabot. Thin, 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 like razor thin slices. Then I put down the tomatoes. Then I put down, this may be controversial. It may not be. And if you're vegan or vegetarian, this will not be your jam. Beautiful bacon. Mmm. Don't need a lot. Even like three slices, she'll do. Four is even better. 
my God, it's the perfect sandwich. Salt and pepper those tomatoes. Salt and pepper a little bit on top of the mayonnaise. Mmm, chef's kiss. I'm going to have one for lunch today. Like, I've been thinking about it. I even went to the store yesterday and got everything I needed because I was like, I I had three last week. I'm not going to lie to you. I, I am obsessed, obsessed right now with this. And rightfully so. So please jump on my obsession bandwagon with this. I'm salivating. I'm salivating. It's 10. It's only 10.15 and I'm, I'm literally salivating. All right. Let's move on. More tomatoes. More tomato recipes. Now, you can't go wrong with a roasted tomato salsa. Say you have a CSA or a big just boatload of tomatoes from a local farm stand. Maybe you've got a little bit of jalapeno up in there. You can buy a red onion from the grocery store or another market. All you need is a sheet pan, a little olive oil or whatever oil you like. Um, sunflower oil is great for roasting, especially at high heat because it can take really high temperatures and doesn't impart much flavor. Um, so it's a great fry oil too, sunflower oil, two thumbs way up. So anyway, roast on a sheet pan. Just don't overcrowd it. So you might need two sheet pans. Some garlic, some onions, some jalapeno, tomatoes. Cut it all up. Roast it on like really high heat. If you've got a convection oven, 425 convection's great. If not, like maybe 450, 475 in a in a regular oven. Um, and you want don't touch the crap. Don't touch. Sorry, don't touch the veggies. Let them get a nice char on them. You want them to get charred. And like you might want to put the tomatoes on one sheet pan and then the uh, other aromatics and onions and, and jalapenos on a second sheet pan and garlic because the tomatoes are going to like start weeping juices and like salt and pepper, maybe even a tiny, teeny, tiny bit of sugar on the tomatoes, tiny, tiny, tiny bit. Roast the shit out of this stuff. Pull it out when it's got like a nice char. Halfway through, once it gets pretty charred, you can like rotate the the other veg. And then really, you're throwing this with maybe like um, if you have some adobo and a chili and adobo, throw like a little bit of that in. Some more salt and pepper, a handful of fresh cilantro. And waz this up in a food processor. If you don't have a food processor, a good blender will do it too. And just taste it. If it needs more salt and pepper, add some. If you want more smokiness, add some more um, adobo. And if it's not hot enough, then add some hot sauce or cayenne. Or if you have another chili and adobo, throw that in and it'll be even more smoky. Like this is your salsa adventure to go on and you deserve to enjoy it. The next day it's going to taste even better. Um, but so good, so easy. And it uses up a ton, a ton of veg. The other thing you can do is if you're into, um, I mean, I found, okay, hold on. Full disclosure, I haven't made this yet, but I found this recipe on New York Times and it's on my list to make this week probably or next week. And it is a um, dumpling tomato salad with chili crisp. I can't get enough of chili crisp. I eat it. We go through jars every month. It feels like we're going through an entire jar, just Todd and I. I, um... I'm obsessed. I put it on everything. I think it's utterly delicious. Some people put it on ice cream. That's not my jam, but um, cucumbers, I mean, like vinaigrettes, fucking, I mean, anything. And it just elevates and makes the dish a little spicy, lots of flavor. 
I use the Mama Fuko one. It's easy. It's delicious. Highly recommend it. Again, you can get this on their website, on Amazon, at like every freaking grocery store known to man probably. Like it's everywhere. Worth the money. Delicious, delicious, delicious. So there's this easy dumpling salad. It's a dump, like get frozen dumplings, whatever flavor you like, whatever kinds you like. Um, fresh tomatoes, the chili crisp, it has some aromatics in it, like basil. And I was trying to think like how this works together and it it clicked in my head like this is kind of, it might not be true and I don't know the vein of the author, like what she was leaning towards and what made sense to her and her background. From what I've tasted in the world, it kind of leans towards like a Thai Vietnamese without fish sauce vibe. Um, I bet you could add a little fish sauce to it if you wanted to and it would like bring that in even more. But it sounds really easy, really delicious. I'll link to it in the show notes. I haven't made it yet. If you have, uh, shoot me an email or a message on Insta and let me know what you think and if you would do anything different to it. That's the other thing I'm always talking to my friends and family about that like when I make a recipe, how I tweaked it because little tweaks elevate a recipe. And even though authors write them for a reason and, and I get it and I'm, I write recipes professionally as well. So I completely understand why I think certain things go in certain ways. But you know, when you, when you have a lot of kitchen confidence, you kind of adapt and make your own way with something which makes it a little more interesting to you and something. But anyway, so if you made it and you've done a tweak to it, please let me know. Now I can go on and on and on about tomatoes and why I use them and what I love and I'm not going to bore you with all of it, but I will end my tomato segment on the tomato pie. And I don't mean a baked pie. I don't mean a freeform galette of tomato-ness. No. I mean a pizza pie. I don't call pizza pie. I call it pizza. Some people call it pie. Depends on where you are in the world. I fully support both ways to describe it. I'm obsessed. When I was a kid, back in the day, no, I'm kidding. No, really though. At one point in my childhood, I really loved pizza without cheese on it. This is very controversial, I understand. And I may get some flack for this. Just hold on. My favorite part of the pizza, truly, on any pizza, is where the crust and the sauce meet. And you get that perfect char. And the perfect like baked in tackiness of the sauce on the crust. There is no better bite of pizza to me. I don't care for the beginning part. If you're eating it like at the 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 cut tip of the pizza slice, I love the crust sauce. Like give me all of the crust and like an inch and a half into the pizza slice. That's it. It's, I'm done. I'm, put a fork in me. I'm done. That is the perfect bite of pizza. Everything else is a waste to me. No, I'm kidding. But like, I love pizza. So I, I got to thinking, what am I really loving here? I was like, I love the dough, the perfect flavorful baked dough. And I love a sticky tacky sauce baked into the dough with like a little bit of something, something. So there is a fabulous pizza place I've discovered. You know, we're in the suburbs. We are in the burbs, baby. And 
it's not like living in the city anymore. So you got to do a little more research and like sift through a few places to find the one place that you love for something. And so we've been sifting through a lot of different pretty, no tea, no shade, generic pizza places around us. And we finally found one that we absolutely love. It is, shout out to them, Blue Square in Hopkinton, Massachusetts. Shit is so fucking good. Sourdough crust, three kind, three styles of pizza, Detroit, uh, what they call grandma, which is like on a sheet pan and like classic New York. They effing deliver to us, which is fantastic because no one in the suburbs fucking delivers. So like they're checking a lot of boxes here. Great dough. Great pizza, great product. Absolutely love them. Please, if you're local, support them. So, 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 so good. They have a tomato pizza. And I was like, shut the fuck up. Because I was going to just design my own. And then when I saw they had it, I was like, holy shit. Had it, delicious, want to recreate it. I did this past weekend. Let me tell you, I will be making this for the rest of my life. I'm utterly obsessed. Get really good dough. I, you can make your own. You can, uh, not make your own, (laughs) buy it, which is what I do because your girl has no time for a sourdough starter. RIP that guy. Um, he died. Well, he, I tried, I tried many sourdough starters in 2020 and, um, they all died. That's okay though. I can barely keep a house plant alive. I can barely keep myself alive some days. Full disclosure. It's all good. So anyway, I um, buy a local company. It's Auto Pizza, O-T-T-O. They sell frozen pizza dough balls in Whole Foods, and they are delicious. They originated, I want to say, out of Portland, Maine a lifetime ago, and now they sell their frozen pizza balls, and I'm in. She's in. So I always have some in my freezer. We have an uni pizza oven. I will link to one of those in the show notes. They are magical once you figure out how to use them. There is a slight learning curve, but once you get it, the pizza is fan-fucking-tastic. I have the gas style and the smaller one. I wish they made the bigger one when I ordered this, but that's okay. But I'll link to it all in the show notes. So get the dough. I roll it out. I get a, right now, I'm kind of into, I will make my own sauce easily or just use the the Muti crushed tomatoes on the dough and um tiny bit of salt that's it so good but um uh chris bianco he has a line of sauces and tomatoes right now ink tins and um his i tried his pizza sauce the other day in a tin i'm not one for a big uh overly saw spiced pizza sauce like i think really crushed tomatoes is really all you need but His was delicious, so I highly recommend that. Throw that down. Some very thinly shaved red onion, uh, crushed red pepper. I'm not shy with it. And then the whisper, and I mean whisper, of shaved and like really, really, really finely grated, not shaved, really finely grated Pecorino Romano. And that's it. That's it. Bake the shit out of it until it's nice and charred in a good way, not burnt, charred. And the sauce is truly baked into the crust. Oh my God. It's so good. It's so good. And then I had a huge salad with it where I did have protein on the salad. 
I'm still thinking about it. Oh, I can't wait to revisit that food memory in real life again. Highly recommend it. Okay, let's move on. Next veggie. Alrighty, up next. Up next. And really, these next two are pretty much tied for second place in my heart when it comes to vegetables of end of summer goodness. It's eggplant. I know. I know. Did you see that coming? I hope so. I love eggplant. I love eggplant and eggplant loves me. And uh, sad day when Todd and I got married or started dating nine blissful years ago. He told me his least favorite vegetables were tomato and eggplant. <laughs> and so they didn't, tomato never took a backseat in my heart. But eggplant, sad to say it did. There were times that I really wanted eggplant and I didn't make it because I knew it wasn't a, Todd wasn't a huge fan. But since in recent years, Todd has really rediscovered eggplant's okay. And um, I wouldn't say love, but okay in his world, which makes my heart happy because I love it and I can't get enough of it. And so I wanted to just highlight a few ways that I love to use it. And first and foremost, because I think they go hand in hand, and I've now made this five times maybe, it's eggplant caponata. Oh God, I love it. I will put this shit on toast. I will put this on, it's like, uh, oh, what's that? is that cat in the hat? That it's a, I don't know, one redfish, two fish, whatever, doesn't matter. Um, I will put this on eggs. I will put this uh, as a sandwich condiment. I will eat this just on top of cottage cheese with a fucking fork. I love eggplant caponata. And it uses so much summer produce because it need, you need like two pounds of eggplant. You need, I don't know, I think it's almost a pound and a half or two pounds of tomatoes. Um, the Love and Lemons recipe, I will link in the show notes. It is by far my favorite. I love the layers of flavor in there. Do not do not skimp on sherry vinegar. You can find it at almost any grocery store. I, liked, I think there's an aged version that I really like. Um, get the golden raisins. Do the capers. Do it all. Let them soak in the sherry vinegar like she suggests. Put the sugar in. Don't skip on putting some sugar in. Don't use artificial sweeteners in this. Don't use monk sugar. Don't use stevia. Use real sugar. You don't need a lot. It's so perfect. It's so perfect. And like, take your time. Roast the eggplant right. Don't overcrowd the sheet pan because you want it to like get nice caramelization on there. And you don't want it to just get to sweaty mush. When you overcrowd a sheet pan, it's just going to get sweaty and mushy. Don't do that. Mm, it is so effing delicious. And for this, I personally love using, which she doesn't necessarily say to use. Um, she just mentions any seasonal tomatoes. Cherry tomatoes in this is so good. It might cost a little bit more money because you might need like a pint and a half of them. So you might need two pints of cherry tomatoes versus like a couple of regular sized tomatoes. But it's just such a beautiful concentration of flavor and a little sweeter and just, oh God, they're so effing good. Especially right now because they're, it's tomato season. Um, And we all know your girl loves a tomato because I just talked about them for the last half hour with you, it feels like. So anyway... This is so good day of, but day two, day three with this in your fridge, oh my God, even better. The other thing you can do is I actually 
have this on hand and then I will like mix it into um, pasta or I will mix it into a can of crushed tomatoes to like make a like just more flavorful sauce. It's that you cannot go wrong with this. I'm now I just ran out last weekend. I'm going to make another batch before the end of season um, with the tomatoes. So please, 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 please make this. Tell me what you're using it for. How are you using it? Put it on fucking avocado toast. You can't go wrong with this condiment. You, <laughs> you can, you, it works everywhere. Really, really. I just probably wouldn't brush my teeth with it. But everything else is absolutely delicious. Okay. The other thing I made this week that was so good and I was almost sad when I finished eating it. It was that good. Was Yotam, uh, Yotam Atalangi's eggplant mango soba noodles holy shit and one of my best gal pals joy i love you if you're listening shout out to my my just she's absolutely wonderful we work all the time together she's an incredible food stylist love 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 you joy she recommended this recipe it was so good i'm putting it in the rotation we'll make it again one thing you have to do is fry the eggplant that adds such great texture and flavor. It reminded me a lot of the Stanley Tucci fried zucchini um, pasta that everyone loved a few years ago. And I also fell in love with it again earlier this summer and made it 400 times. But it's frying the eggplant really and then putting it on um, a, a baking sheet with some paper towel to like let it drain and salt. It really adds a nice depth of flavor and just really good texture. Obviously, overripe mango or just a ripe mango is key. Um, we marinated shrimp and then did some grilled shrimp with it because I just I can't get enough protein in what I'm eating right now. So I'm eating, you know, I'm still eating complex carbs and stuff, but I'm also really conscientious of how much protein I'm taking in for every meal. So I try to add protein when there is none. Um, so effing good. So easy, so easy. And like the dressing for the noodles is, oh, and with soba noodles, FYI, do not salt the water. Don't. Don't salt your, your water when you're cooking soba noodles. Um, when you're draining them, you drain them and then you do something that you would never do with regular pasta. You rinse them with really cold water. And then kind of with this recipe, you want them to dry out on a cookie sheet um, so, you know, you could take a tea towel, put that down and then sprinkle the soba noodles on the tea towel to try to get the moisture out. Because when you're going to quickly toss them in this dressing, any extra water on the noodles, um, will really water down the dish itself. And you want the dressing to like cling to the noodles. So when they're dry, it's just, it works better. Um, so just FYI, if you don't cook soba noodles that often, but the dressing is just like a nice limey, soy-based um, vinaigrette. It's got rice wine vinegar, soy sauce, lime, fresh lime juice, lime zest, crushed red pepper, a little bit of sugar. Um, really easy, really delicious. Highly, highly, highly recommend. And then last but not least, I love baba ganoush. I love me some baba ganoush. And right now, Todd and I are... Um, and I'll get into this in another episode, but we're really into smoking vegetables. We broke out our smoker and recently and tried to smoke really random vegetables. Eggplant is not a random vegetable to smoke, but still, um, we, yeah, so we've been smoking vegetables. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. And again, in an upcoming episode, I will definitely talk more about that. But, um, 
one of my favorite baba ganoush recipes. I wanted to find one that I, I've made many over the years, um, but one that I really like and I've made over and over again. It's from the Feel Good Foodie website. So I'll link to that in the show notes. If you have a favorite one, by all means, use it. I think it's just such a delicious condiment to have on hand. It's something that like I actually spread for sandwiches. I will just sit there and eat it with pita. I will eat it. <laughs> I'll eat anything on cottage cheese. So I'll even like eat some on top of cottage cheese or mix it with it. Might sound gross and not so much. Cottage cheese P.S. Um, if you can find the hood whipped cottage cheese, it's so good. So good. And so um, almost like the texture of ricotta in a way. I don't know how adverse people are to curds and stuff, but this is a much smaller curd and it's not even just small curd. It like takes small curd to the next level. It's like fluffy. So FYI, if you're trying to like get into more cottage cheese, um, that's when I really recommend. Okay, next up. All right. Now, last, but certainly not least, one of the best summer, end of summer, <laughs> produce bites, corn. How can we go wrong with corn? You can't. You can't. All of this is pretty corny anyway. And if I can think of more corn puns throughout this, I will. I will. So um, with corn. Now, there's so many ways you can use corn. You can saute it. You can put it in salads. You can put it in corn salsas with mango or corn salsas with, with avocado. I probably wouldn't do mango. With avocado, you can corn relishes, corn vinaigrettes, corn, 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 corn. But there's only one tried and true way that we all universally love to eat corn just like that little kid sang about last summer and then he got a broadway play where's my broadway play by the way no i'm kidding but corn on the cob and just chowing down is there anything better i think not i think not so i've talked about this before in other seasons and other episodes i get a ton of corn especially right now and i will just get it raw take it off the husk and freeze it in Ziploc bags and then use it all winter long in soups in like everything I just described. Um, but for right now, for summer corn on the cob, I this summer have tried every method that I have found able to do it. And between me and the kitchen.com, thank you kitchen.com, I'm going to list off the methods from least successful to most successful and hopefully your end of summer corn wonderful palooza that you will be having in the next few days weekend week get out there go to your farm stand get your corn and try try one of the top three methods okay coming in at number eight there's eight methods by the way <laughs> this is the absolute worst way to cook corn without question and What's funny is uh, growing up, this was in a very easy way besides boiling it that my parents did. And then I've tried as an adult. And guess what? It fucking sucks. And I never realized how bad it sucked until, until I've now tried other methods. The microwave. The microwave. People wrap up, you unshuck the corn, you wrap a wet paper towel around it, and you nuke it. And it's disgusting. And here's why. Nobody wants a wet, warm, wet paper towel around their food, number one. Number two, 
you end up with like dry, shrivelly, like you take it out of the microwave and like the first bite, you're like, that's okay. And then like you keep going, you're like, this is getting worse as I'm going. And it's disgusting. You're doing absolutely a disservice to your corn on the cob. So please, please do not microwave your corn on the cob, though easy, though relatively fast. Do not. That is number eight. No, 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 no. Another method that I've tried over the years and surprisingly in comparison to how good the other ones are coming up, this is a no-go. It's taking husks, husked. So like no, no husk, no nothing, no protection on our beautiful little corn cob and throwing it directly on the grill. The reason this does not work is because it's going to get overly charred and dried out. The little baby corn kernels need something to protect them, whether it be foil, whether it be their natural little husk bed that they're sleeping in until you get to eat the shit out of it. Either way, they need something. Again, this method, very easy, but unfortunately, really shitty corn result and it's dry and it's not flavorful and it's like overly charred in places. No bueno. No bueno. Number six, the Instapot. Instant pot. I, you know, fell into the instant pot craze. I still use mine from time to time. I, it's a fine way to cook corn, turns out. You just got to pressurize it, which takes a little bit of time. And then afterwards, you clean the, the bowl out. No big deal. But you need to cut the corn cobs in order to fit into the Instant Pot. So that's my only like, eh, does it produce decent corn? Yeah, it's fine. But I don't want to cut my corn cobs down. That's my, that's like my, it's not, that part I'm not a huge fan of. I don't know why. It's just not my thing. I'm a typewriter style when I eat the corn. So it's like ding, ding. So I don't know if it messes my, my corn eating flow, but it produces a fine, fine. Okay. Number five. And I used to do this all the time. And I was surprised when I realized it was coming in at number five. It is taking the corn out of the husk, then putting, I like to put some kind of fat on it, whether it's olive oil, uh, salt and pep, uh, maybe it's uh, camps, seasoning mix, whatever you like, a little butter, probably not butter, um, only because you, the butter wouldn't do well. And I think I've tried it with the um, high heat. Wrap it in foil, put it directly on the grill. It's good. Is it the best? Turns out no, but it doesn't do a bad job. The foil protects the little baby kernels and they still are juicy and tender and they have some flavor because you can season it ahead of time. Number four, we just tried this method and surprisingly it worked fairly well, but I would not do it again. Um, roasting it in the oven. So you take the entire whole husk of corn all fucking wrapped up in its husk and just put it directly in a warm oven, in a hot oven. And you roast it. And you roast it for, uh, I think it was about 30 minutes. Could be wrong on that. I'd have to check. But the problem, and the corn, delicious. No problem. It, it kind of leans towards the same as like a grilled corn cob in the foil. The problem I have with it is that it heats up the house too much. And in the summertime, the last thing I want to do is turn on the oven. We don't have central air in our little old house. 
We have um, some window AC units that I have blasting right now, which if you can hear the humming in the background, that's what that is. But um, the result is not... It's good. And the other thing it does do is it makes your house smell like a carnival. So if you've ever been to like a state fair or something and they have um, roasted corn, uh, you know, whatever, your whole house smells like that, which I dig. I'm, I'm cool with that. It's more heating up the house. It to me isn't worth it. And it takes a while. So that I mean, I would even drop that further down on the list. But the the actual result of what you're eating for the corn was good. It was good. OK, now. Number three, top three now, the old school butter bath. You know, you've done it. I've done it. She's good. And I just didn't realize how good, but she's good. Here's the key that I've realized in my adult years. Now that I have embraced over salting my water when boiling things to actually impart flavor in what I'm cooking, salt your water, salt that fucking water that you're boiling the corn in. Then stick a fucking whole stick of butter on top. Let her melt. So now you've got this beautiful boiling butter bath with some salted water. And then you're just going to boil your corn in there. And then when you pull the corn out, every little corn cob gets a beautiful silky sheen of butter because the butter is going to sit at the top and you're going to pull the corn out of the butter, the melted butter. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. So if you don't care about calories and you're going to throw caution to the wind and you're going to fucking butter the shit out of that corn, that's your jam. And she is a beautiful ear of corn. She really is. She really is. Number two, number two coming at you, coming at you. The straight up boiled corn sans butter. So you do exactly what I said just before, only you don't put the butter in it. Sorry. And then that's it. And then you can butter. You can choose to butter or not to butter. That's that's on you and your doctor and your cholesterol count. But great, great, great method of cooking corn. Last but not least, number one, drum roll, please. Grilling, husk on, on the grill, no other thing needed. You take the corn from the farm stand and you put it directly on the grill. It is the easiest method. It does not heat your house up. It provides slight smoky flavor, the perfect amount of char, if not no char, and just utterly easy and delicious. And it, there's nothing easier than peeling off a cooked corn cob from a grill. Nothing easier. It is so good. So good. So much flav. Absolutely love. No questions asked. Number one method. So cook your corn. All right, that was my corn PSA. And just like that, we finished a new episode. Oh, it feels so good to be back. It's like riding a bike. Here we are. You can't forget, right? Can't forget. Seriously though, I love you all. Thank you so much for supporting and for listening and for being here. And I hope that this inspired you to make some really really yummy food together this weekend um and i know this is not the order i usually say it in but go to my website for all of the things we talked about elizabethrfuller.com questions for the podcast shoot me an email let's go on a food adventure at gmail.com 
And truly, again, from the bottom of my heart, thank you all so, so, so much. So um, make some yummy food together this weekend. Leave with kindness, and I'll see you all very soon. Bye!